do need prayer. Um, as you see, I'm, I'm in this, this talk now where I'm a little bit confused. Uh, I've been a missionary to England for 36 years, and uh, I used to watch the football shouting for any team that plays against England, and I'm now finding that I'm wanting England to win. <laughs> which, is, which seems okay when you're in this land, but next Saturday will be the final, and if England make it, I will be with a room of Scottish people because I'm at a wedding. <laughs> if I cheer then when England score, I will no longer be alive. So <laughs> I am really looking forward because um, uh, there's a date that Boris keeps throwing out there. It is called uh, Freedom Day. Um, 19th of July, he keeps saying on the 19th of July, restrictions will come to an end. That means for us as a church, hopefully, things that we used to do can happen again. Like coffee. <laughs> like um, singing in worship. Yes. Like hugging in person. Yes. Um, which which um, I think is important. I was at a funeral this week and it felt so awkward that, that you know what I mean, I couldn't hug those who were grieving. It was, it was quite hard. But it's coming, so 25th of July, be here. Hopefully things will start to change. Um, so we're going to have a, a different sort of service. There'll be a, a few more songs than normal. That hopefully there will be coffee to drink. Hopefully there'll be a chance to speak with one another at, uh, towards the end and at the start of the service. At the service. So we're starting a, a new series, it's called The Best Sermon Ever, which uh, I thought was sounding good, doesn't it? But just to point out, to be quite clear, um, this isn't the best sermon ever, okay? I am speaking about the best sermon ever, but hopefully this won't be the worst sermon ever, but definitely won't be the best sermon ever, because that was preached over 2,000 years ago uh, by Jesus. And over the next 13 weeks, we're going, to ex we're going to explore that sermon. We don't think that Jesus preached it all in one, but I think Matthew wrote it down just to put it there. And if you can read it, the thing I find fascinating is, you can read, because the sermon of mine goes over, over um, three chapters, five, six, and seven, only takes 10 minutes to read. I mean, in reality, it should be called... Uh, the devotional on the hill rather than the Sermon on the Mount, but it obviously there's a lot more in it than, than what Matthew can remember. You've got to remember this is Matthew's memory of, of the, the things that Jesus spoke of. And I think he's done pretty well if he can write that. If I was at Ashi over the last six months to write down everything I preached on, I'm not sure you'd even come close to, to what, what Matthew's got. So it's pretty impressive that, that, that Matthew's got this 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 memory so um but i just want to uh, pick up we're going to look at it we're going to talk through some of the some of the things <laughs> i'm a bit nervous because um, as you see it takes 10 minutes to read the three chapters but i am going to speak forever if i'm not careful because it's such a, a wonderful bible so leader, he'd done this and this and this, he'd see churches grow and, and, and we'd look at it and think that's very impressive 
And then you went through that he's a brilliant teacher, um, you know what I mean? He's very clever, he's a brilliant communicator, um, you know what I mean? He's good at pastoral work. And we're looking at this, this CV thinking, man, this is the man, this is the man. And then it hit my eye at the bottom column of all his gifts that he says, and I am humble. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance you put that on this piece of paper. But the idea that, that you know, I mean, this is this is um, uh, this is uh, as you say, people who, that know that they need to get near to God, the humble. If it is for the humble, as soon as they realise that or do that, they disqualify themselves because they're no longer humble. It doesn't work. What Jesus is teaching is an upside down, so shocking and shocking, so brilliant, that it takes a little while just to sink in to us. So the first thing, poor in spirit is not a term to try and become. It is not a good term. There is nothing true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy about being poor in spirit. The, the, there is nothing good in this condition. And secondly, when Jesus says blessed, it can be trans. How would you translate blessed? It can be translated. Uh, some of the scholars say is fortunate, is happy. You have some some translations of the Bible say happy are those who are poor in spirit. But one scholar I read this week. Nailed it brilliantly as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, a, it's more like a divine, I am with you. It's like God saying, I am on your side. Fortunate are you because God is on your side. If you're a loser, God is on your side. If you're at your end of your rope, God is on your side. If you're spiritual, if you're a spiritual zero, God is on your side. If you're bankrupt, God is on your side. If you're lame, weak, God is on your side. If you're out of it, not in touch, God is on your side. If you're morally empty, God is on your side. If you're pathetic, God is on your side. What Jesus is doing here is he's giving an announcement. This isn't, this isn't a command. He's not saying this is something you need to do in order to be blessed. It's not advice. It's not teaching. It's not, it's not a moral code. It's an announcement. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. He answers that God is on your side of everyone who has no reason why God should be on their side. And this is typical kingdom of God stuff. We had a bike that used to hang around in one of the youth groups I used to go. It was called the impossible bike. If you wanted to ride forward, you had to pedal backwards. If you wanted to turn right, you had to turn left and then opposite. We we'd all had to go. We all fell over and bumps and bruises. Danny was hysterical and couldn't do a man on a mountain bike and couldn't stay on his bike for two seconds. It was impossible because you have to do the opposite to what everything in your brain was telling you. So you, you've got to balance on the bike. Only had two wheels, so trying to balance when it's doing everything opposite, you, you quickly fell off. 
We had a lad turn up to the youth group. I mean, he looked at the bike and said, what's up with the bike? And I said, oh, it's a backwards bike. It does the opposite to what you think. He said, oh, great. And he jumped on the bike. And to everyone's amusement, he rode it around the hall. And you know how he rode it around the hall? He got on backwards. <laughs> and I thought, what a genius this lad is. He rode it backwards around the hall. <laughs> The kingdom of God is a little bit like that. It's a little bit backward. It's a little bit upside down. But isn't Jesus like that? Isn't he? When Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. You want to be a great leader, you will have to learn to be a servant. It's an upside down kingdom. And when it comes to this, it's upside down. It's, it's, completely mind-blowing. We think, and I, well, especially me, I think, you know what I mean, we think, what is the good thing in this condition that you deserve the blessing of God? Why is being poor in spirit, what is about it that God should bless you? Religion says, what good thing makes me deserving of God's blessing? But blessed are those who have no reason to be blessed. Blessed are, those, are all the people who are not humble. Blessed are all those who are tax collectors who have sold out their, 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 their fellow citizens to, to Rome. Blessed are those. Blessed are all the prostitutes. Blessed are the thieves. Blessed are those who don't believe in God. Blessed are the morally empty who couldn't tell the truth if their life depended on. Blessed are all the people. The favour of God is pouring down in everyone who doesn't deserve the favour of God. Blessed are all the people who have no reason to be blessed. And it's still true today. God is close. He's as close to you and me as he ever has been. And you're not excluded from this blessing because of what you do, or how you behave, or where you're at. He is here, and he wants to bless you. You know, Christianity isn't about Bad people about bad people being made good. If you look at the teaching of Jesus, it's about dead people being made alive. I was dead to God, and Jesus came and He made me alive to God. That's what it's about. It's not a behavior thing. It's about a living thing with God. God is desperate to meet and work with people where they're at. Whether they're, they're you know, I mean, super spiritual or whether they're not. Whether they're really on fire for God or whether they're living a life that's shocking. God is desperate for his people to know how he feels about them and how he loves them. A few years back, I, I went back to Scotland. And I, I, I was on Facebook and I wrote um, to, to, to some of my friends who, who used to go to church with me. I'm back in Scotland. Who would like to meet up for a coffee? And five of my friends who were in youth group 
came and had coffee with me. We sat in the shopping centre where we all used to hang as kids. And I asked them, I said, oh, how's life going? And they all told me, and I said, look, I know none of you go to church. Why don't you go to church anymore? What, what happened? And you know, not one of them said, oh, I stopped believing in God. Not one of them doubted that God was real. They knew that. What they struggled with was church. You know, we're called to be like our God. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to be people who live our lives like Him. And He comes and there's no restrictions. Everyone's shocked that when Jesus goes to have meals with tax collectors, they're saying, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. You're hanging out with the wrong people. And Jesus says, no, I'm hanging out with the right people. I've come because it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. You know, we have a crisis in this country that you know, in the 20s have left the church. And now it's going up that most of the people in their 30s have left the church. And when you ask them why are you no longer part, why are you no longer interested, they all have a similar answer. Because church is homophobic and it is judgmental. Where does it say that in our Bibles that we should behave like that? Does it not tell us? Does it not shout to us that we have got to be people who love one another and who do not judge? But yet we can be quick on that one. May we be like Jesus. May we be shocking. May we love. Love people when, when they're at the worst times in their life. May our love change them, not our attitude put them off. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it's five to eleven, and I have now another few statements to go on it. Blessed are those who mourn. Shall we keep going? And we'll be here till about four o'clock, but we'll just keep on rolling with this. Blessed are those who mourn. I was at, as you say, a funeral this week. One of my friends had died. And then, and, and she, we went to church way to, to the funeral, and we sat there, and there's, there's only a small group because you're not allowed a large group. And there's, as you say, there's 30 of us in this funeral, and there was lots of people who were told not to go. And I remember sitting in, in the back row when we um, went to the crematorium, and um, and there sat at the front was was the, the daughter of this woman, and she cried. When they, when they shut the curtains, you know, at that time to, to say goodbye, she cried because no longer did she have a mum. And her dad had died a few years in her back. So she'd lost both mum and dad. And you can see it, she felt alone. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God doesn't leave you. He doesn't walk away. He doesn't leave you in the darkness. You may not feel it, but He's desperate to do life with you in the hardest of times, when your heart's breaking, when you feel like there's no one else there. He wants to do life with you. That's the sort of God we have. 
a God who wants to be involved. The God whose arms are open wide and waiting for us to come home. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. It's an interesting word, isn't it? It's again, it's a word we don't often use. Meek. The only thing I know about meek is it's not weak, as people keep telling me. But meek is basically those who, who get on in difficult situation without kicking off. You've got to think, the whole country's kicking off, isn't it, in Jesus' day? The Romans are in. And people are, are almost ready to explode. It takes a few more years before it does. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's an upside down world. The Christian, you know I mean, the world that the God has put together is so crazy that the, the, the reaction is almost opposite. Let us live lives that is so upside down that people take note. We had a, a friend um, who used to work in this factory. They, they made the molds, you know, like if you had, if you, if you wanted something that was going to be protected as you were getting sent out, you made the sort of polished iron molds. He sort of made the, the mold, made the mold as such. And, um, and he worked in a factory with, with three other people. And my friend, who was called Alistair, he, he got bullied by these three. And often came in uh, in tears saying how bad it was. And I said, well, get a new job. And he said, I don't want a new job. I like my job. What I want is these three people to find God. And he would pray for them. And I, I was sat there thinking, is anything ever going to change? Now, obviously, um, over the years, we sort of lost contact for a little bit of a while. But I, I met up with him again. And I said, oh, whatever happened to your work colleagues? And he looked at me, well, he said, they all come to church. They all believe in God. And I said, oh, I mean, how did you convince them by your arguments? He went, no, I don't convince them by anything I say. I convinced them by the way I loved them. By the way they mistreated me, I loved them more. It's an upside down world, this world that we live, this world of, of, of the kingdom of God. May we live lives that causes people to say, who are these people that love? Who are these people that love one another? They must be disciples of Jesus by the way that they live. May we not be seen as those who judge and condemn, but let us be seen as a people who make a difference in this world. So let us pray. So Father, I pray that you take us and you use us for your kingdom. May we turn this world upside down by the, the way that we live. May we be like you and just do things that are, are right. May we see people as people who are loved by you and not by people who live terrible lives. May we value people, love people. May we, may we want to see people find you like we find you. So, so fill us. Use us for your glory. For us in your name. Amen. Amen.
Heist King would welcome me.